Our scriptures this morning are taken from the first book of Samuel and the second book of Samuel. We're going to skip a few passages, so if you'd like to try to follow along, we're going to start off on page 250 of the Old Testament on 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Jonathan said to David, by the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or on the third day, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not then send and dis disclose it to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and, also, and more also. If I do not disclose it to you and send you away so that you may go in safety, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house, even if the Lord were to cut off every one of his enemies, David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson in luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you. My brother Jonathan, greatly beloved, were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war perished. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. series Generation to Generation covers family systems and congregational dynamics. The question of who we want to be is often answered by who we were. Whether we choose to bring out the best of our ancestors or forge new paths, healthier paths. I remind us that we are the church home of Alan Parkhurst and Medina High School Hall of Famer and a 50-year member here. And I invite up Michael Seferro, a member since 2018. He will introduce himself, but he is in, on the Open and Affirming Committee where we are asking the question of you, congregation, is this who we are and who we wish to be? When I first heard the Reverend Dr. Neil Sadler's last sermon as I was scoping out your church, I was like, 
That is an open and affirming sermon. And I've given you many myself, along with Megan in her time here, as well as our dark arts as, and our podcast, Revved Up. You're a compassionate place and a loving people who do three things. You welcome, you love, and you serve. And you help so many. Here's one story of how a soul you have helped come into its own blossom and thrive. He would have done that anyway. But you've been a huge step in that. I invite forward, with your welcome, Michael Seferro. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Mike Zaffaro, and it is my pleasure to be with you today. I want to thank Pastor Luke and Pastor Megan for generously offering me time to share my story, and I'd like to thank each of you for the gift of your presence. In addition to being a member of our church, I am also a member of the Open and Affirming Committee. I'd like to take a moment and acknowledge my fellow committee members. Dan Dobner, right there. Pam Branscombe. Brad Rice. Vicki Marty. Lily Wolf. And Alan Parkhurst. I am grateful that they invited me to join the Open and Affirming Committee. And I'm also grateful for their support and prayer in my time sharing with you this morning. I'm here to share my story with you, that through my journey, each of you may understand the why behind the work of the Open and Affirming Committee, and what a formalized congregational statement of support might mean. By day, I run a credit union. In my role, I am required to speak in front of large crowds often. I talk with federal regulators and discuss legislative issues with elected officials. I've also served as the president of the Medina County Arts Foundation, where I welcomed our audiences to many summer musicals and holiday pops concerts over the years, always with a great deal of confidence and assuredness. I share this because my reflection this morning is much more important, I believe, than any speeches I have previously given. After preparing these words, I have a newfound respect and admiration for our pastors and the work they pour into the sermons they deliver for all of us every single week. My husband, Ryan, is here this morning. Those of you who know Ryan know that he is the kindest, most beautiful person in the world. If you've been able to hear him sing, you know that he is as talented as he is kind. And to answer that burning question that you are all most assuredly asking yourselves, yes, I married up. I'm aware of that. <laughs> My mother, Palma Safero, is also here. Uh, it means an awful lot to me to have her here this morning, as she has always been a steadfast supporter of mine and a wonderful example of God's love in all that she does. Harmony is defined as the combination of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions having a pleasing effect. Harmony is also defined as simply agreement. On the other hand, the opposite of harmony is discord, which is unpleasing or requiring resolution by another. In other words, a disagreement. 
for much of my life, I existed in a state of discord. There was constant disagreement between accepting myself and accepting God. In musical terms, the God note and the gay note were not pleasing together. As far back as I can remember, I knew that I was gay. I certainly did not admit it to myself, but I knew. I remember when all the boys had crushes on the girls and thinking that something must be wrong with me because I just didn't. Even then, harmony eluded me. I need to be clear as I deliver these words. My family has been nothing but supportive and loving of me since I came out to them over a decade ago. My father, who passed away in 2020, gave an amazing toast at my wedding, and my mom, well, I just think it's safe to say she likes Ryan better than me. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, however, I was so deeply entrenched in the closet of my own making that the very idea of ever coming out, let alone being married or even speaking like this at a church, seemed impossible for so many years. I grew up Catholic and attended PSR, which stands for Parish School of Religion. It's where kids who are Catholic but don't go to Catholic school um, go for religion class. I attended regularly. The only time I heard the words gay or queer when I was a kid were in a derogatory sense. The sentiment was that God did not make people this way because God does not make mistakes. And people who are that way choose to be that way because they are sinners and disgusting. There were no positive queer role models in the 80s or 90s, really. When I was a kid, the AIDS epidemic was devastating the gay community at the time, and all I can recall hearing everywhere was it was punishment for the life these people had chosen to live. So as I coped with these feelings, I could not help but believe that God did not want me to be this way. He did not make me this way. It was something I chose. I began thinking that if I did choose it somehow, that something must be wrong with me. I was broken. I became determined to do whatever I could to deny my queer identity, to hide it, to erase it. There was discord. Apparently, my attempts to hide who I was were not as effective as I hoped. I remember, remember being called La Fruta in Spanish class in seventh grade. I recall the way middle school boys would talk about me, then look at me and laugh. My family would move from Akron to Wadsworth when I was in 10th grade, and the silver lining to moving, I thought, at the time, was that I could start over. I could suppress the gayness better this time, and no one would figure me out. Well, the bullies figured me out, and the discord only would ring louder. As I was not worthy to seek God being this way, I didn't feel that I could pray for help. I began tuning God out. If I were choosing to be like this, which I didn't know how I was choosing to be like this, I must not be worthy of God's love. I do know some of this might sound dramatic, but I, have to, I did have some safe spaces and fortunately many friends in high school. The Wadsworth Band and the Wadsworth Drama Club were my salvation during these times. I found community, I found people who liked me, and I found two things that I love to this day, music and theater. While in high school, I became very good friends with some kids who attended a non-denominational Christian church. They invited me to a Halloween their church hosted called Judgment House. It was at this experience that I learned something amazing. Jesus, Jesus Christ's love and sacrifice was so much bigger than anything, and not only was I worthy of his love, but he sought me out. This was huge. 
But rather than have harmony between God and my queerness, I tuned my queerness out. It's like a note that was playing on the piano simply stopped, and all I tuned into was God. I thought, for sure, if I prayed hard enough or was faithful enough to God, he would not just keep that discordant gay note from playing again, but he would replace it with a resolved note, one that would be in harmony with him, finally. I was wrong. During this time, and for many years, while I loved God deeply and pursued him, I began to absolutely hate myself. I believed, and re I remember these feelings vividly, that if I was this way, a gay man, and God did not make me this way since it was my choice, but for some reason he was not helping me to change my choice and not changing me, that there was something broken with me. This period of self-loathing is a time I look back on now with gratitude, because it makes me believe and enjoy in what I have some now. It is, being, it is so much sweeter right now. After years of hearing the message from the non-denominational folks of, you may be gay, but you can't act on it, I decided that I could not go on in the church. I knew I wasn't going to change by that point, and that the messages of Jesus' overwhelming love were probably meant for everyone but me. The Christian community was not my community. I never stopped believing in God. I never questioned that Jesus Christ came to save us, that he was the begotten Son of God, and that he offered salvation to those who believed in him. However, stepping away from that toxic church environment enabled me to tune out to the dissonance and at least begin to love myself, even if I didn't know I was gay, why I was gay. This finally happened after 32 years. I'm 43 now, so I've only been out for about a quarter of my entire life. In 2012, I made a decision to become healthy. I lost 50 pounds, I began to date. I finally came out to my family. And as a side note, I should have given them more credit. As I shared in the beginning, they have been the most supportive and loving family. And I am fortunate for all of them. My, my late father, my wonderful mom, and my incredible siblings, Jeff and Maria. Coming out was quite liberating, and I finally didn't have to hide who I was. I can recall thinking, that even if God did stop loving me, I had been in hell anyways all those years. I found that the more people I came out to, the better I felt about myself. Most of them knew I was gay or had suspected it all along. When a giant lightning bolt didn't come down and strike me dead, I began to think, maybe God and I could be good. Maybe it's possible that for some reason he has made me this way, and I might find happiness and joy. Maybe. Well, in 2014, when I was producing the musical Rent at the Medina Performing Arts Center, I met Ryan. He was then, as he is now, the most amazing, beautiful person I have ever laid my eyes on. He and I dated for two wonderful years before I proposed in Disney World during the fireworks over the castle. Well, I wanted a guaranteed yes, and I know, <laughs> and, and I know that Ryan is a sucker for princesses and castles, so it's a pretty safe bet. He and I were married in 2017 on what was the best day of my life. So harmony was happening and the chord was resolving. God not only loved me, but I believe he brought me Ryan. And by the way, I am very aware, as I stated earlier, that I married 
up. <laughs> further up than anyone has ever married before. So, good, go me. Uh, <laughs> one of the guests at our wedding, a good friend of mine's husband, who was very kind, but I always thought might be on the fence with gay people, sent me a text the next day that read, I just wanted to share with you how blessed I am to have had the privilege of attending your wedding yesterday. I have never seen two people who are more genuinely in love than I did yesterday. I know it had to be difficult to follow your heart, but after seeing the pure joy and happiness you both shared with everyone yesterday, it is very clear that your love for Ryan and his love for you does not come with an asterisk. It is as pure and genuine as any love I have been able to witness. Also, I saw the video of the closing song of the reception last night, and I will forever associate Rent with you and Ryan. I have always loved that musical, and I never really knew why. It just has always held a place in my heart, and now I know why. It was opening me up to witness the most amazing love that this world has to offer. I cannot thank you both enough for demonstrating such a pure, genuine, amazingly beautiful love to everyone around you. So as a side note, everybody, since Ryan and I had met during Rent, at the end of our wedding reception, our dear friend Tom um, played the music from the, sh from the show, specifically the song Seasons of Love, on the piano in the Renaissance Hotel lobby in the middle of the night, practically. And everybody that was left sang along. It was definitely a core memory for me and the only time I will ever sing in public. You're welcome, Jenny. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Harmony at last, or so I thought. Ryan and I are happily married, but I sort of wrote off the idea of church. I believe that no matter where we went, we might get looks or stares, and I had decided that I was never going to live in discomfort again because of how I knew God made me. However, Ryan, being infinitely smarter than I will ever be, wanted us to try the UCC. Ryan's dad is a retired police chief and is now a UCC pastor, so Ryan believed that if we were to be accepted anywhere, it might be here. Well, as Luke said, he and I became members of this church in 2018, and Ryan was right yet again. <laughs> so the note of who I am and the note of God were certainly harmonizing much better than they ever had. I thought I had finally found the harmony I had been seeking my entire life, but it wasn't until the Defense Against the Dark Arts class that Pastors Luke and Megan led that I really heard the music for the first time. In this class, they went through each of the infamous clobber verses in depth, teaching us what they meant and what they did not mean. This was profoundly impactful to me and also somewhat infuriating. I became, I became angry. Angry that the words that so many have used to hurt and diminish people like me were being interpreted in a manner that was likely not at all what the authors intended. If only I could go back in time and tell my younger self this good news. So, why is becoming officially a church that is open and affirming important? Everyone, I believe, desires community. Many people who are queer do not believe that they can find community at church. They don't have a Ryan encouraging them to come, as I did. To them, church has stood for discord. They are not welcome. They must hide their true selves if they dare walk through the doors. Supporting this initiative and becoming open and affirming means being a healthy community for those who are most at risk. Those who are isolated from community support are at a greater risk of harming themselves or being harmed by others. 
isolation is created when we reject people for who they are. We are called as Christ's hands and feet to seek out and care for those who are suffering. To exhibit the spiritual fruits of love, kindness, patience, and gentleness to all, even to those we do not understand. Imagine being a healthy community for those who have none. Dare then to imagine extending extravagant welcome to those who seek a relationship with God, even if it's God's people who have harmed them. We can be that place. When I was asked to share this morning, I was nervous. As I mentioned earlier, I speak in front of crowds often, but not about anything as important as this. This past week, I received a very nice professional honor, and my bio that was read to the audience proudly shared that Ryan was my husband. It also mentioned our dogs, Deacon and Sophie, of course. <laughs> Someone said to me afterward, who has known me for a while, how amazing it was that in 10 years, I went from barely being able to acknowledge I was gay publicly to being my full, authentic self in a professional setting and now here at church. I understand, I understood in that moment that I am a very, very fortunate person. Fortunate to have found harmony that so many who are like me never get to enjoy. So the Open and Affirming Committee looks forward to dialogue with you, and we do not wish to rush into seeking formal approval for this initiative. You may email ONA at uccmedina.org, so the letters O, letter N, letter A at uccmedina.org, and everyone who is on our committee will receive the email. We plan to be available after church for discussions, potentially as soon as next week. We know that there will be questions, and we welcome them and encourage them. As you, members of this church, think and pray about this, please try to imagine what it might mean to someone who feels God is not a possibility. Picture yourself welcoming, loving, and serving your neighbor to the full extent that is possible. Imagine the young family whose child is gay or trans, searching for a home where they know they will be, will be welcomed, where they might find harmony. Think of a same-sex couple longing for a church to attend but not thinking it is possible after years of being told they are not welcome. Visualize also the person, maybe a kid, maybe an adult, who is struggling as I was. Perhaps they won't even come to the church, but they might. They might, at the very least, learn that a Christian church such as this affirms that they are perfect the way they are. They are not broken nor vile. They may see that God loves them, that Jesus is also theirs, and they are his. Thank you for making Ryan and me feel so welcome here. It is my hope and my prayer that as we take our time sharing and learning about the open and affirming designation, we understand not just what it would mean for this church, but for everyone enduring discord. How beautiful it will be to resolve the cord, sharing the harmony that I believe only comes from God. Thank you.